Well, hello and welcome everybody to the next episode of the Westlake Daily Podcast. And with me again today, I have Nick Papagiorgio. Hi, everyone. And Nick, we are going to do the impossible today, aren't we? <laughs> yes, we will. We are going to talk about the life and a famous quote of... Martin Luther. Martin Luther. Tell us about Martin Luther, Nick. Well, okay. Martin Luther is the original reformer. To call him seminal or a big character is just to do him uh, an injustice. He is the man who kickstarted the Reformation and has gone down in the books of history as one of the greatest figures in the history of mankind. So Martin Luther was born in Germany in uh, 1483. He had a very ambitious father. His dad wanted to make him a lawyer. And he was going to be a lawyer, but then he had this near miss during a storm. He nearly died or his horse got very scared. And then he vowed to become a monk. So he ditched everything. He left his studies and joined an Augustinian monastery in 1505. Uh, two years later, he became ordained. And then a few years later, he continued his studies. And then he was sent to Wittenberg in Germany to teach theology because he was quite known to be a pretty good scholar and an outstanding teacher. And he spent a lot of his life there teaching theology. And that is where, uh, about a decade later, he nailed his famous 95 thesis against certain practices of the Catholic Church. He nailed them on the cathedral door in Wittenberg, and that was a very famous and symbolic moment of the Reformation. The 95 thesis were mostly challenging the practice of selling indulgences, and partly because of the printing press was available at the time. They caught like wildfire across Europe, and suddenly his ideas went very far and his life was never the same again. Indeed. And he became a Christian, what, a year or so later? Around 1518. And this is where our quote is coming from. The quote was really from later on in his life, but this is how he described basically his conversion. Yeah, give us the quote. Okay. So it's a little bit long, so bear with me. He writes, There I began to understand that the righteousness of God is that by which the righteous lives by a gift of God, namely by faith. And this is the meaning. The righteousness of God is revealed by the gospel, namely the passive righteousness with which the merciful God justifies us by faith. Here, I felt that I was altogether born again and the very gates of paradise opened up before me. So to understand this quote, we need to understand something about Luther himself. And that is that he was terrified of God's judgment. He spent most of his life in dreadful agony over being judged by God. His confessions when he was a monk would last for hours. And he used to drive his confessors crazy. He would pick apart every single thing that he did. And he would try to identify sins in every small action or thought. He understood that if God is perfect, then there is no room for anything short of perfection in morality and righteousness in order to be with God. Mm -hmm. Now, that was a really big fear and a big drive for Luther. It followed him everywhere, even when he nailed his 95 Theses and started the Reformation. He feared this term, the righteousness of God. He thought that it meant the perfect moral righteousness of God himself. And he was terrified. But then one day he was studying Romans and he came across Romans 1.17. And suddenly he realized that that verse, which talks about the righteousness of God being revealed, referred not to God's inherent righteousness, but the righteousness that God gives freely to those who put their trust in Jesus Christ. Through their faith, God imputes, that's the term, right? He gives them 
the perfect righteousness of Christ. Now this opened up the gates of paradise for Luther. Why? Because until then, he was trying to earn his place in heaven and he knew deep down that he never could. Yeah. But now he saw that Christ saved sinners by offering his own perfect righteousness to anyone who trusts in him. That is why the gospel is good news after all. It is so simple and so mind-blowing that it is almost too hard to believe. It is very unsophisticated. It's just too good to be true. And yet, that is what Martin Luther saw. And the gate of heaven that had been shut to him for so long finally opened up. And he could enter it clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And when he talks about the gates of paradise being opened, he's not just talking about heaven at the end of his life, is he? He's talking about now, the experience of God's presence and God's life and, and Christ in him and the knowledge of salvation now in this life as well, isn't he? Absolutely, absolutely. For Luther, the, the Christian life obviously did not start when you died. It started, it was the here and now and then the forever. And you know, this idea that sat with him, that came out of this conversion of Martin Luther became known as justification by faith alone or sola fide. And it was really the second leg of the, the Reformation. The first one was the, was the protest against the practices of the Catholic Church of that time. But this one was about, well, how can a person be with God? How can a person be made right with God? And this idea of justification by faith alone became the beating heart of the Reformation. And it has been for the last 500 years. You cannot earn your place in heaven in any way, but Christ has earned it for you. And if you receive it by faith, and even that faith is a gift of God, then you will know joy and happiness and salvation. That is why the gates of heaven open for Martin Luther. Yeah, absolutely. And can open for us and have been opened for us, which is an amazing thought. Anything else, Nick? I think Martin Luther is definitely a person to look at, to study, to look at him as a man. He did have a lot of flaws. I think it's only fair to say that. But he certainly was somebody that you can only be enriched by reading about and reading from. Indeed. Talking of which, let's plug some books, Nick. Okay, so there's two that really kind of stand out. One of them is, it's a bit of an older book. It's called Here I Stand, A Life of Martin Luther. And that's by Roland Herbert Bainton. It's a good book because it's, it stands against, in its own time, it, it took a bit of a more realistic stand to the current stream of thought about Luther. And uh, it has a bit of a better historical basis. Uh, the one I really think people should go to if they want to really learn about Luther, and it's a bit more up-to-date, is one called Luther the Reformer, The Story of the Man and His Career by James M. Kittleson. And this one is more up-to-date historically, and it presents Luther the man, warts and all. His flaws, his strengths, a lot of little tidbits that, you know, most uh, historians have missed or we just don't realize. So that's, those are the two books that I would recommend. And for his thought in terms of what he taught or his approach to the Christian life, I would recommend uh, in the series we've recommended before, Luther on the Christian Life by Carl Truman in the Christian Life series by Crossway. Again, a great book that just looks at Luther's teaching and approach to the Christian faith. Well, Nick, I think we have much to be grateful to God for, for the life of Martin Luther, not least that the gates of paradise have been opened to us through his understanding of what the gospel teaches, that the righteousness of God is God's gift to us in the Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you and God bless everybody.